Sally Lucas with us again to talk travel today. Uh, Sally's just been to the most wonderful place, a little patch of paradise, tropical paradise, and it's all part of New South Wales. We are talking about Lord Howe Island to NURFM. Sally Lucas, you've been to a piece of paradise in the last week or so, and it's, well, it's a favourite place of yours, I know, and it's a favourite place of mine. It is, and for anyone who's been there, they'll all agree it's one of their most favourite places. Anyone that's been there, I think... I don't know, you have a certain affinity or attachment to it. It's such a beautiful island and to think we're lucky enough to have it this far south with a coral reef around it because That's it has... unusual, isn't it? It is the southernmost reef of that latitude, longitude, and it was because of the volcanic condition of the island way back that's helped form all this. And of course you've got the island itself which now is part of it's the big caldera which is where your, your lovely lagoon is and then about 23 k's away you've got Ball's Pyramid which is unique. It's the largest sea stack in the world and it's like a, a peak, just like a very sharp peaked pyramid if you ever want to Google it, Ball's Pyramid. And it's amazing in its structure too because uh, they were finding out the other day when we were there only half a percent is there now of what it originally was Half a percent. Half it a must per- have been giant. Huge. So, yeah, the volcanic eruption happened you know, a long time ago. That's about, oh, I think, nearly 7 million years ago, 6.9 million. Well, you can erode yeah. a bit in that time. That's allowed. <laughs> but, look, it's a, it's a gorgeous place. You can basically swim there all year round. At Lord Howe. Um, at Lord Howe, mm. yes, because the water temperature doesn't get freezing like it does here. Mm. Um, so, I mean, obviously if you went out to the deep and did your diving, your free diving or whatever, of course you're going down into depths of water and it is going to be colder. But if you're swimming around the lagoon or Ned's Beach, which are your two uh, or old settlement there, or Blinkies, there's another beach, there's Lover's Beach, there's quite a few, depending on which side of the island you're on. But, yes, you can swim there and the water, you just blink like our first day there, you know, I always say that when I went to Tahiti, that the water was so aqua, I had to blink, it was just so blue. Well, it's the same at Lord Howe, and here we are, we've got it here, you don't have to go all the way to Tahiti. And you've got the pine trees like Tahiti has, and I look at it, and I said to Scott this time, I said, I've never said this before, but yeah, it does remind me of Tahiti, you know, from when I was there, it's just so beautiful. So... It is better, I think, though, to go. This is our second time in November, and we had beautiful, beautiful weather. Um, they had sun, uh, rain the week before we left, and it started to cloud over the day we left. So isn't that wonderful? Yeah, you timed it well. Timed it beautifully. So you look at your early 20s, but, but very pleasant. You've got to remember it's an island, and islands always have wind. So you've just got to remember it can be windy at any time of the year. The strength of the wind will vary, depending on the seasons, of course. So... You just need to be prepared with your jacket or a rain jacket or a spray jacket. Just, just you know, the nights can be a little bit cooler. Mm. You just need to be prepared. And the one thing that's beautiful about it, Jane, since last time we were there, which is about five and a half years ago, over the years they've been doing a lot of eradication of pests on the island that were introduced, of course, way back in the 1800s and so on. So, you know, the pigs went, the goats went, the cats have all gone. So there's none of them on the island. So they've got rid of them. Excellent. Yes. And now they've eradicated rats and mice since we were there last, which is fantastic. So they started that program, I think, about 2019, so around COVID time almost. And they dropped something like 22,000 baits, you know, even with planes and everything to, so they can make sure they actually got rid of rid of them all because they were uh, decimating the bird life. And, of course, Lord Howe is absolutely famous for its, its bird life. And they even have a special bird weeks and so on. And they get visiting birds at different times of the year too. So you've got resident colonies of birds there but you also have things like the providence petrel that only comes in at certain months of the year and so on and i suppose a lot of them uh, 
live at least some of their life on the ground. Well, they do. A lot of them do. Like the wood hen that was rescued there when I was there when the wood hen was rescued, my first visit around about 1980, I think, or 81. And now, of course, you see them running around everywhere because, see, they're flightless birds. So they were prey to all these feral creatures. And the rails, which a wood hen is a rail as well. It's a form of the rail family. And the pretty coloured banded rails. And this time of the year, they're all having their chicks. Mm, so lovely. it was so gorgeous. And even the sooty terns were in the grass behind the beach dunes at Ned's Beach with all their little chicks. You know, every time you walked a bit near, they'd squawk at you saying, leave my babies alone. But, yeah, you know, and then you've got the white tern, which are the most beautiful, pure white birds that you see in all the trees over there. But on the cruise out to Ball's Pyramid and the circumnavigation we did of the island, it gives you a real perspective of how volcanic it was because you see all the striations and the layers in the rock formations around it. And the bird life, you go over this trench, it's 600 metres deep would you believe, and full of bottlenose dolphins and all these birds just sitting on the water waiting for the nutrients to come up and they feed off that, which was just remarkable. A real haven for birds. Oh, absolutely. To a new RFM's Talking Travel, Sally Lucas, Lord Howe Island and... uh yeah, you, you've been talking about the conservation that they've been yes, doing, the yeah. measures they've brought in. Which is wonderful. And they've also now eradicated most of the diesel use on the island because all their power was with diesel generators, which we know is not eco-friendly. And is also loud. And very loud. So the generators are gone mm. and um, they've got solar. And already they're up to 70%. Um, effective use of solar and they hope with over the next few years that will increase that there'll be a hundred percent of the island will be just totally supplying with supplied with solar energy so that's fantastic so things can happen like things can come back from the brink and I think that's what we have to learn this is a small community with only a few hundred people but if we can learn from them how you can save your forests save your trees save your bird species and well, we could go on and on and also, like all the waste, they don't have any like waste depot on the island. So everything on the island is shipped off waste. We won't ask where to. So, no, we're but back to mainland Australia somewhere. Right. But um, they're plastic ba- bag free. They only yeah. use reusable bags, all those boomerang bags that you can take from the shop and return. Um, all that sort of thing. So it's really, they, they want to protect all native flora, fauna, birds, you know, marine species. And of course, it is a, a preservation a preserved marine park around it. You can't fish unless you're going out on a fishing charter. You can't actually just fish around the island or throw a line off a beach or anything like that. But, you know, it's famous for all their water activities. You can feed the fish at Ned's Beach. You've got a little dispenser there. You pop a dollar in and you have these wonderful fish just swimming around your legs. It's just an amazing, amazing thing. And then if you go down to Old, Old Settlement Beach, which is on the other side of the island, um, on the high tide, it's a very grassy area on that beach. And that's when your green, big green back turtles come in so you can snorkel with the turtles yeah as long as you stay don't frighten them and you stay mainly on the top and Scott went and did that and it's just remarkable and so you, you've got that option as well um, and but all sorts of water sports like from stand-up paddle boarding boarding sorry to kayaking you know to swimming you get around by bicycle or you walk um, it's wonderful there's a, a couple of eateries on the island like you've got the golf club the bowling club the museum has a cafe which now opens for dinner as well as lunch um, there's a restaurant in town called The Anchorage, which is open for breakfast, lunch and dinner seven days a week. The old post office, they've turned into a little trendy bar with a veranda around it, which is lovely. And you're just look, overlooking the lagoon of an afternoon, which is gorgeous. Um, they've moved a shop that was up the top part of the island back down onto that Ned's Beach Road, which is where all the main shops are. 
are on this little shop. You can call it a main main area. It's only about eight shops. The main road. The main <laughs> road. But that's the road where a lot of the accommodation is on because we were about almost equidistant from Old Settlement Beach and Ned's Beach at uh, Blue Lagoon, which is a self-contained apartment-style accommodation. And there's a lot of others along there. You've got um, Howieana, there's Somerset, and right near there you've got Milky Way. Um, a more upmarket one is Aragilla. Um, then right down the airport end you've got Capella. Now that's the one owned by Pip, Pip Bailey, who's you know Dick Smith's daughter, who owns those lovely, well, the Southern Ocean, which burnt down, unfortunately, Kangaroo Island. But, you know, they own is it Longitude 21 at Uluru and they've got one in Sydney and they've got a few of them now, but they own that one as well. So that's only if you're really wanting a really luxurious, special stay. Mm. But there's lots of self-contained accommodation. You can barbecue if you want. They, they keep them spotlessly clean. There's barbecues around the island where you can, you know, pack a walk. The walks, it's famous for its walks, of course, as you know, Jane. Mount Gower is no mean feat because you've even got chains, etc. It's a very steep walk and I think it took our fourth visit before Scott even did it because the weather has to be right. They won't let you go up without a guide and if there's cloud hanging over the island or if it's been raining, of course, that doesn't operate because they're not going to put anyone at risk. But there's other lower walks. If you're not up to the big walks, there's just such a plethora of beautiful walks you can do and bays you can go to and you can just lose yourself in nature and I think that's the beauty of Lord Howe. No Wi-Fi except uh, by satellite, so you can go to a dive shop and, you know, if you have to dial up someone, you can. But basically, you're there to get away. Mm. It, it's it's really, you just feel all the stress falling away from you. And you're just soaking up some beautiful vitamin D. It never gets too hot. It's just a beautiful temperate climate and very special. And you can now go from Newcastle twice a week with Eastern Air Services, four times a week out of Port Macquarie. And Qantas Link, of course, has daily services out of Sydney. But they do limit the guests to 400 maximum on the island at any one time. So they're never going to overpopulate. There's no multi-storey buildings. It's, it's pristine. And that's why you go. And the people smile. <laughs> and they always say, the locals say, it's a joke over there that you can never take a bad photo on Lord Howe Island. <laughs> We're talking travel on 2NURFM, Sally Lucas. Time to look and see, now that we can think about travelling, somewhere. <laughs> yes, well, I haven't got a heap of hot deals today, Jane, mainly for the reason with all this Black Friday hoo-ha that we go on with now, that we, now Halloween, now Black Friday, I think, no, it's got to be Friday the 13th. Anyway, we've got them. So just about all the cruise companies, if you are interested in returning to cruising, are having a Black Friday sale at the moment, which you've got to book and pay a deposit by the end of November with most of them. And some of them have it, you know, 25, 30% and even more off. So if you are thinking of doing a cruise again, it would be an opportune time, obviously, to get a bargain. And of course, Black Friday is now not just one day. No, it's, it's a, a weekend. Yes. It's a week. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, I know. So silly, isn't <laughs> yeah. it? Now, at the moment, Fiji is opening up to us, which is great. And not just us, they have a list of partner countries that they will accept to enter their country, and but you've still got to go through, you know, some specifics to arrive there. At the moment, they're only taking in Fijian passport holders and returning residents from their travel partner countries. But from 1 December, it will be open to all fully vaccinated 
travellers from their travel partner company, so you don't need a pre-approval. But you've still got to have the PCR test, of course, at least 72 hours before you go, um, if you're 12 years and over, and that's important. For proof of vaccination, of course, as well. You've got to have a prepaid itinerary that must produce a proof of a minimum of three nights prepaid accommodation, including transport from the airport. Okay, and also you've got to stay at what they call a CFC certified property for at least the first three nights, which is Care Fiji committed. And this has been done through the World Health Organization, where they're making sure all the protocols are in place for a safe and healthy um, operation of hotels, cruise companies, etc. But your travel agent will definitely be able to talk you through all that and you know, what you need to do, etc. Which is most important these days because things keep changing, Jane, as we know. Border, you know, borders open shut, countries open shut. The the guide goal, sorry, goalposts keep moving all the time. They certainly do. So you know, with New Zealand now, I, I couldn't believe that you know they're not going to open up to international travel till the thirtieth of April. I thought really, okay. Only returning residents from about the sixteenth of January. Okay. And that's, you know, I was going to the Wanaka Air Show on the 15th of April. It doesn't look like I am now, but mm. unless she changes her mind. But we've heard from people who live there that she's adamant that she is not going to. So I don't think she'd be keeping tourism very happy over there. Yeah, it sounds like it. <laughs> but there's lots of lovely, so we were talking about Fiji, there's lots of lovely uh, sailings of um these small ship cruises that range from three all the way through to 11 nights. And this is a lovely way to see the outer Fijian islands, the Asawa Islands and so on. And you're going to islands again that have very limited um, amount of people on them. So you're really exploring what we call the real Fiji. You know, you, you like going to Lord Howe. You're going to be getting away. It's going to be beautiful, stress-free travel. All your meals are included on board. Again, they take on paddle boards. They've got a spa on board their vessels. And you're doing some lovely, lovely Cruises. So just keep that in mind if you're thinking of heading back to Fiji. They, they are obviously keen to have us all back there. And it is a delightful place. And even everyone that goes there just say, aren't the Fijian people the most wonderful, friendly people? You know, they've always got a smile on their face. And if you've got children or grandchildren, they delight in looking after them. And you can always organise a babysitter because they just love, love looking after children. So it, it's a wonderful holiday that you can have. And don't forget, Tassie also is opening up from the 15th of December. So just remember that we've got South Australia open now, of course, us, of course, the ACT, uh, Victoria, but of course, Northern Territory still no, and West Australia still no. Mm. Um, but you know, slowly, and of course, we had our first flight come in from Singapore recently, you know, so you know, gradually, bit by bit, we are having things slowly coming back to normal. But there's lots of really good um, rebates on offer for all sorts of travel, but just remember. Early booking is is the key at the moment because things people are just so eager to travel again. Everything is booking out so far ahead, Jane. Like even the GAN in the Indian Pacific, even though the borders are not open yet, people are still booking and the trains are full on the Indian Pacific. And we still don't even know when it's going to operate again. But yes. people are getting in early to make sure that they've got a booking, if yes. and when. Well, yeah. when we say, shouldn't say when, when yeah. it opens. When not, it opens. not if it opens. Definitely. Sorry, the other way around. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, it's lovely still to be back and doing all our travel talks again live and it's it's just been, yeah, wonderful to be back in the studio these last couple of weeks. So, yeah, all good. Thank you, Sally Lucas. Thank you, Jane. And we will talk travel again next Friday after the one o'clock news on your station to NURFM.